Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. The voice of massive magic fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. In the virtual studio today, we have Justin. Yo. Al. What's going on? Myself, Anthony, and a very special guest joining us, TV and digital reporter for the Orlando Magic, Mackenzie Thurkill. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> hey, welcome. Thank you for coming on, Mackenzie. Yeah, of course. So, super exciting. Obviously, with everything going on, I'm sure that you're experiencing some uh, COVID-19 quarantining. Uh, what are some of the things that you've been doing to keep yourself busy? Honestly... It's actually kind of surprising because I thought I would spend a lot more time watching TV and watching shows and watching movies. And I've actually been watching less TV than I did prior to all of this starting. And I think a lot of it is because I'm trying to just slow down a little bit and just kind of enjoy the little things. So like when I make my coffee in the morning, I get really excited about it. And I just try to like take my time and enjoy it as opposed to like, all right, rush, gotta go, drink, out the door. So it's just kind of embracing like the little things a little bit obviously i've been keeping up while we're filming this right now um been watching the nfl draft so thursday night i was like standing in front of the tv verbally and my roommate was like are you okay i was like oh my gosh i can't believe this is what is happening right now because i was the first <laughs> live sporting event in which we're really seeing the impact of everything right. happening and i That's was true. i was just in such awe and disbelief to like really see it come to fruition and be like these people are at their home roger goodell is standing in front of like a tv screen right now telling vikings fans like to clap like it was absolutely ridiculous <laughs> and amazing all at the same time just be like wow this is where we're at i thought from a from a fan perspective i thought it was awesome to watch it virtually and how everyone was kind of had their own little setup in place and you know i thought i thought for the first time in a while this is probably my by far one of my favorite nfl drafts that i've seen on tv yeah i agree with you it's interesting because it has so much potential of changing the landscape of media now going forward we're realizing oh yeah we're fine with watching cell phone quality videos of live events we're cool with people just filming it on their computers and people are okay with that. So it's once we get back to some sense of normalcy, I'll be interesting to see what the scale is. Are people going to come forward and be like, Oh, we don't need the quality that we had and we didn't need this huge production and we can actually cut back on that to put our money elsewhere or what, what's actually going to happen with the landscape. So it'll, it'll definitely be, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Like you said, to see, um, I'm a giants fan and every, everybody knows it now, but just watching the draft and seeing, how they were even able to communicate so many people together, which is like all teams, you know, most of the guys that are in the running to be drafted. Um, and it was really seamless. Like the first night I, I was expecting a bunch of lagging and, you know, technical issues and ESPN even warned about it, but it went, it went by like super smooth. So that was, that was really impressive. I know I was wondering I was like I wish we could see a behind the scenes of the people producing the show because it's one thing when you have a live game and you're in the arena and you only have 16 cameras let's say but now right. you're trying to communicate with people across America hoping everything goes seamlessly to be to go to these fans and then Falcons fans and then Giants fans and then Jags fans and it like you said it was so seamless but I just wonder what the chaos was behind the background of all these people being like, all right, now we need to cut to this person at this hole. 
to then go back to California, to then go back to Florida. So I would I would have loved to see like the craziness of like what that looked like. It really it really shows you how how forced we were to be um, creative. Mm-hmm. And everyone has to bring that creative side. So I'm I'm curious to know, um, did you get a chance to watch ESPN's um, at home horse event that they had? I did it. This is the this is a thing. So God bless the, the person I live with because I'm like in between. So I was living. I was actually not a lot of people knew this. So I was actually living in Tampa. So I was living in Tampa and commuting in and like back and forth for magic games. And I'm now making my way back to Orlando. So in transition, then this happened. I was like, well, I guess I'll just stay with a friend and have someone to quarantine with. But she's not the biggest sports fan and didn't have ESPN until I was able to like really like rewire and like mess with her TV and be like, okay, this is not okay. Like I can't, I can't be here and not (laughs) have ESPN. So I didn't get a chance to watch it unfortunately, but I was following from what I could see on social. I think that was probably one of the only times that I didn't appreciate the uh, the lower quality that was being recorded because it kind of seemed as if it's ESPN. So you expected so much more from it. Um, but I do appreciate the fact that, you know, these companies are trying their hardest to bring out, um, you know, some of the events that keeps us entertained because Imagine a life without sports. It's so it's so impossible to even fathom the idea of not being able to intake at some capacity some sporting event. Well, what, I think what's crazy too is you really see how much of an impact sports have when the Last Dance docu series dropped. Because yes. I have a lot of friends who don't care about sports. Like if I try to talk mm-hmm. to them about sports, they're like, okay, like it's in one ear out the other. They don't care. And I had people messaging me like, "This is so good." I'm like. You know who Michael Jordan? Like I'm shocked you know who Michael Jordan. Like, this is like, like, and that's a statement in itself. But like, there's so many people who are like excited about it because you realize the impact sports have on society, culture, and every single aspect it has its hands in it. So yeah, it's this time. I think it, once we get back to normalcy, I expect ticket sales to rise. I expect viewership to go up. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be a complete 180. Yeah, I totally agree. I think sporting events are probably going to be one of the things that once it becomes acceptable for people to show up to, they're going to be packed because it's like I've been in my house for so long. I want to be loud. I want to be in that atmosphere. Um, and having a winning team is going to contribute all the more to to those sellouts. Absolutely. So I'm really, really excited for that. Absolutely. Hey, Mackenzie, let's get to know you a little bit. Um, so how is it that you became falling in love with with sports how did that all start so it actually started when i was really young um both my parents like i always grew up my parents always had me in sports because i'm really competitive by nature so i loved playing sports but when we moved to south florida i think when i was like about six or so our neighbors were season ticket holders for the heat the Dolphins, the Panthers, and the Marlins. And they really took me in. So they were like, they almost became like another set of grandparents for me. And they were the ones who were like, all right, Wednesday night, we're going to a Marlins game. Like Sunday, we're at the Dolphins game. Like they were like, you are our protege. Like you will be, and I just loved it. Like I loved the stats. I loved the information. I loved the environment. And that's really like where it started is they just, every chance I got, like I was at a Marlins game. Like I spent every summer just, at Marlins games in the upper deck with like 
all like the older guys, like the old, like true, like baseball fans where they sit there and like stat every games and they're like listening to the radio. That's what I grew up with. That's awesome. Like that's what I grew up with. And I just, I remember being at a game and Don, who was the guy who really got me into sports. I was sitting there just like shooting stats, like baseball stats when I was like eight. And he's like, you should be a reporter. I was like, okay, (laughs) like, I love this. I love sports. And it just, and never left because I knew I was never good enough to go pro in any sense. And also when you look at the stats of a female going pro versus a man, you're not, the money isn't always going to be there. So like, I was like, well, I'll just talk about sports. Like, like just like, it just made sense in all honesty. So through then that's, that's where the, uh, the idea of becoming a reporter covering sports really started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, remember in middle school people like what do you want to do i was like be a sports reporter (laughs) so your your first real um exposure to professional basketball was really the miami heat is there any level of still love for miami or has that really transitioned over because you spent so much time in tampa it's definitely transition like obvious i grew up a heat fan so i've always been a heat fan and then once i got the job with the magic that kind of they're kind of like hey it's a conflict of interest. <laughs> so it was really, it was, so I remember my first season, our first regular season game, it's the Heat, but not only that, it's D Wade's last year. So I just remember sitting there and like for a minute, I was like, wow. I just came full circle. Like I'm a Heat, like grew up like Alonzo morning days, like watching the Heat. And now I'm sitting here covering an NBA team and our first regular season game it's against the Heat, and I have D-Wade's jersey in my closet. Like, I was just like, whoa. So anytime we play the Heat, like, I want us to win because, like, I know the guys on our team, and I've created these, like, relationships. So, of course, you want us to succeed. But, yeah, I just – I want us – like, I want Miami to do well, but, like, when it comes to, like, us versus Miami, like, I want us to do well because it makes my job way more fun. <laughs> like, That's the right yeah. answer. <laughs> so, McGinsey, how about growing up? You wanted to be a reporter. You kind of knew that from a young age how did it become a reality so how do you go from making that a dream to making it actually happen so when i was in college i started writing for like a no-name blog about college football and it was my last semester i was like all right i probably need to figure out how it is i'm gonna do this so my first job i actually got off craigslist which is like it's a crazy story and so it was a espn reporter christy dosh so at the time she was the business reporter so she was like darren revell's equivalent for espn and she put out like this like really sketchy craigslist post about like need assistant uh i'm a sports writer i have a book coming out hopefully you're okay with like cats and dogs because i work from home and i was like Okay, this is weird. Like, this could really go left. But I was like, I'm just going to shoot my shot. Let's see what happens. I'll, like, go by. I'll, like, send my resume and everything. And she responds back. She's like, hi, I'm Christy. Like, I'm the ESPN Sports Business Reporter. And I was just like, yeah. Wow. I ended up working for her. So I was with her for a year. And we just, like, traveled. She had a book come out about the business side of college football. So she really just, like, took me under her wing. I was writing for her website. And then her now husband was the, um, 
I don't remember his exact title, but he worked at the sports radio station in Jacksonville. So after working with her, I went to the radio station and was like, hey, can I just like come in and like learn, like intern? Like I'll just come in and work for free. And then I did that and it led to me working at the TV station that they were partnered with across the street while also staying in radio and then went to Orlando City and now I'm with the Magic. <laughs> Talk about a way for, for it for it really turning out and working out that way. I know. It's 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 a real, it's crazy cuz everyone has such a different story of how they got here and like I love the story cuz it's just different. Do you feel as if in 2020 something like that would work for someone else or is it or do you feel like it was just right time, right place, right moment? I think it could work. I think so much I think so much has to do with like divine timing and being at the right place at the right time, getting in front of the right person and just like reaching out. So for my for the Orlando City job, actually, I was doing a lot of work out of the ESPN Wide World of Sports. So I was commuting into Orlando a lot, covering events for them and doing stuff for like ESPN3. And I was like, wow, it would just make so much more sense to like move here. But like, what could I do if I moved here? And I was like, well, they have Orlando City. They're new. And I just started adding a bunch of people on LinkedIn who worked for Orlando City. And sure enough, the producer messaged me and was like, hey, have you covered soccer? I was like, no, but I played soccer and I like covered like two different soccer events, but not enough where it's like, I can give you just a soccer reel. And I met with them and then come up the new season, I was brought on to Orlando City. So I think it's so much of just putting yourself in front of the right people and timing, but I think it's possible for anyone to do it. It just, it's just kind of is how the cards are dealt. So you go from covering Orlando City soccer. So how, how do we, First, how was that experience? Because I feel in Orlando, it was such a massive deal because Orlando is such a, a city that's filled with so many different um, people from different races and nationality in it. And soccer is the biggest sport in the world. Um, how how was that experience for someone that's never covered soccer before living through that and then transitioning into the Orlando Magic and Orlando professional basketball. Yeah, I loved it because the only soccer I had covered prior to that had been college soccer or like the Jacksonville Armada, which at the time were in the NASL. So it was a completely different league that I was covering. So to come in and the first game that I sidelined, there were like 60,000 people in the stands. And I was like, whoa, this is like a big deal. Like this is like a major game like this is a full sold out bowl broadcasting and it didn't hit me until that moment but it was such a cool experience and i loved it so much and i learned so much from it because it was a new challenge because prior to going there i was covering the jacksonville jaguars and talking a lot about college football so to make that jump covering football predominantly the whole entire year sprinkling in like some college sports to then going and making that shift to MLS, not only in itself was in a challenge, which I loved, but it was just radically different than from, from like what I was doing. And the fan base was so welcoming, which made it easier. Like, it's not like I came in and they were like, screw this new girl. Like, who are you? Like, everyone was like, cool, welcome. Like, let us know what you need. Like all the fans were always so accommodating and so helpful. And it just, it made the transition so much easier. I feel like, um, when it came to Orlando City, I feel everyone in Orlando kind of just rallied behind them. And you have some really passionate fans, like really passionate. I think one of the tough parts, especially being a Magic fan, is that, you know, Orlando Magic compared to other teams, we're still a fairly new team. You know, you have teams that have been out for 50, yeah. 60, 70 years. So, you know, the minute that you have the Bulls come in, the Celtics, the Lakers, 
because there's so many so much diversity in Orlando, you still have those fan bases. But you go to Orlando City Soccer game and there's nothing but Orlando City Soccer fans. Like that's it. That's all you see. And if you wear anything less, you're in the huge minority. It's it's something special because you don't even see that at a lot of the other MLS stadiums like maybe atlanta united you'll see it um like seattle you'll see it like the big clubs that have really rallied behind the team and i think that's like one of the most like beautiful things about the fan base and this team and i remember after i announced that i was leaving to go to the magic everyone was like well are you still a fan of orlando city i was like absolutely like i love it like i love being like i'm so excited i was just telling a friend the other day i was like i'm so excited to just go to a game this season just to enjoy the atmosphere and like i can yell at the other team and just like not care and just root because it's the environment is so special and i tell people all the time when i was there and even now i'm like you don't have to like you don't have to like soccer you don't even have to know what's going on but the venue and the atmosphere they create i'm like you're not gonna get that you are not gonna find that anywhere else yeah so i lived um i lived in seattle for for a year and i ended up like i went to i don't know maybe four or five seattle sounders games and those games were insane right they're at century link uh field which is where the seahawks play and it's a football stadium and it still gets super packed um i went here a couple years ago my girlfriend took me to an orlando city versus Seattle Sounders game for my birthday and I had on like you know I was I had my my Sounders stuff on and there was a couple Sounders fans in the in the stadium uh but it was all Orlando City like it was it was crazy the marching the chanting because in Mm -hmm. Seattle since they they have a history of winning and and the team's been there for for so long it's kind of ingrained into uh the culture the fabric of the city and to see Orlando City have that same momentum here and and being such a new team, it's really crazy to experience. I was like, I might have to put away this Sounder stuff and uh, and put on an Orlando City hat. <laughs> well, I think one of the cool things about Orlando City, especially when you look at it in comparison to other teams in the MLS, Orlando is such a perfect melting pot because you have the South American culture where obviously soccer reigns supreme, but then you have a lot of that influence from the European side as well. So it's this perfect blend where you still have what is American and what we feel is soccer culture. And it's this beautiful mixture of the three. Whereas I think a lot of clubs kind of lend themselves to more just like one, like, okay, we're either gonna like take the South American approach and like, that's gonna be our fan base culture. Or we're gonna take the European coach and that's gonna be that. And that's what we're sticking to, right. what we know. Whereas Orlando City kind of like, it's just a little mix of everything, which makes it so unique. I think you bringing that up, even going to Magic games and seeing a lot of like uh, Brazilian fans, for example, and it kind of brings a little bit of that uh, multicultural aspect um, Mm -hmm. into the game of basketball, which a lot of times I feel like is not necessarily present. Um, And I think that's what makes, you know, going to the Amway and experiencing a game there so special um, and different than other games that you can go to throughout the country. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you brought a really good point there. You have such a massive Brazilian base in Orlando that I think um, at times it kind of goes unnoticed. So, for example, one of my very first jobs, and this was a while ago, I used to work at Best Buy. 
and we would literally have schedules of buses filled with just and it seems as if they came directly from the airport they go do the theme parks and then they have to do their shopping and we would get buses and buses and buses of just people from directly from brazil that don't speak a lick of english doing their shopping and while they yeah. do their shopping they they have to do entertainment they they have to find something to do it's an experience they come to the united states and it's orlando orlando is by far one of the most desired places around the world to visit obviously with the influences of disney and whatnot but you know you you get those individuals to go to the games and that by itself creates a, a atmosphere where your fan base isn't now just in the orlando area now you have fan bases all over the world i think a lot of people don't give the magic the credit they deserve especially like the atmosphere of games because they're like oh well look at the magic's numbers like on social compared to like the celtics and the lakers and the knicks and all these teams with history and they're like oh no one cares about the magic but like you said when you come to games like we fill out our stands better than a lot of other arenas that i've seen at least like like the two seasons i've been with the team and people i don't think would have ever imagine that and it's like no we actually have a really good atmosphere people don't always maybe know what's happening because there is a lot of tourism that comes in the magic benefit from that but i was like people are there and that place is always like 80 percent packed and people are enjoying it whether it's the game or just the entertainment between the two it's just i love the atmosphere and the magic they they do a really good job at embracing it because whether whether it's them playing a game in brazil or they're bringing the the team from brazil i believe the team was the flamingo bringing them into orlando and you know using one of their exhibition games to play against them that's only added exposure definitely definitely but um now now that we're we're kind of back on the topic of orlando magic basketball um obviously you played sports before um, do you have any, we, we call it game day rituals. Do you do anything specific before you know that you're going to be on air before a game to kind of get yourself mentally ready? I'm trying to think I, when I do a live like broadcast before my first hit, I usually like always like, right. As I hear like the producer, I either like counting me in to go, or I know I'm about to go. I always like close my eyes, like do like a deep breath. Like, okay. Because usually leading up to that, before and even doing something like this, I like rev myself up. So I purposely, when I start talking to people, I'll start getting like really excited and like purposely like pumping that energy because I know how important that is for an on-camera persona. So it's a lot of that, like you'll see me like really, really mellow throughout the day. And then as soon as I like, it hits like five, five fifteen, like right when Cliff is gonna do his pregame conference, like with the media, that's when I really start like, okay, let's do this. Like I'll eat like a couple of like pieces of candy, get that sugar fix. Like maybe grab a cup of coffee and I'll be like, all right, let's go. that's, but my routine is kind of, it's kind of all over the place. I had a hard routine when I was with Orlando city. Like I had like a scheduled, like woke up at this time, worked out, ate lunch, went over my notes, was at the arena at this time because we had a production meeting at this time. Whereas the magic, it's a little bit more free flowing. And I think so much of that is because there's shoot around in the morning. So it had, you have to adjust to being at work, but then not being at work to then go back to work. And it's such a long marathon of a day because I'm not a great midday napper, which I know is like key to being in the NBA. And I haven't gotten that down yet. I'm still, it's still a work in progress. But yeah, I think that's really the biggest thing for me is just like leading up to game day. As soon as it hits like that four thirty-five o'clock mark, you see myself like naturally just like pepping myself up, getting ready for everything that's about to go on. 
so in a way, it does feel like game day for you. Like as yeah. the time's getting closer, that seven o'clock's getting closer, you do feel like, hey, Absolutely. it's game time. I think, so it's funny because Miguel, who was my co-host and is still with Orlando City, he played for Orlando City back in the USL days. And he was like, wow. He's like, this still kind of feels like I'm competing because it's like you go live and it's like one shot and you have to be ready. I'm like, that's exactly what it is. And I'm like, I think that's why so many people who played sports get into it because it still gives you that adrenaline rush a little bit when you see the red light go on and you're like all right let's go like i'm ready and i live i live for that moment of like doing any live broadcast because i love having that one shot you have one chance to do it and you hope to god you don't mess up and there's so many times where i'll go live and i'll look at someone i'm like did i do okay because i have no idea what i just said like i just completely (laughs) like i i like I always joke and my friends say this all the time that I talk better when I'm live than when I'm off camera. Cause off camera, I make up words. I use words for completely incorrectly in a sentence. Like they're like, are, are you sure? Are you sure that's what you meant? I'm like, yeah. They're like, no. Like, how do you do this for a living? I'm like, I, it beats me sometimes, but there's, there's just like this wave that comes over me as soon as we go live. And I like, I live, live for that. I think that's awesome because um, for anyone that's ever been into sports, you kind of have um, game day butterflies. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting because it kind of reminds me of Shaquille O'Neal. He has his new uh, reality TV show that he has on TNT called The Shaq Life. Yeah. Exactly. And it kind of goes how he tried to transition away from you know playing the game to then now he didn't have those game day butterflies. And then he decided, hey, let me go to this concert man, this atmosphere is great. Let me try DJing. And then he started getting that, that game day butterflies all over again. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like for, for the comp- for people in competition and, and athletes, you kind of, you keep searching for that feeling no matter what it is. And it's cool to hear that you still are able to find that outside of, you know, physically playing the sport. Yeah. The I definitely, like people ask me all the time, they're like, do you still get nervous? I was like, absolutely, I get nervous. Because if I don't get nervous, that means I really don't care enough because I'm not worried about what the outcome is going to be. I'm like, so the day that happens is the day I'll probably be like, all right, I need to do something else. Cause I like, like those butterflies, that's everything. Like that adrenaline, I, I just, oh, I live for it. Now you, you're on a podcast with DJ Augustine called the magic life podcast. How, how is that exactly? How did that even start? How did it come together? I, so it, was kind of an idea we were bouncing around prior to the start of the season. Cause I went, I went to my boss and I was like, I want to do long form interview. Like that's, that's the, that's what, where my interests lie. Like I love game day and talking about the games, but I also really love getting to know people's stories because it's so fascinating how people, the choices that they made got them to where they were and have, really had such an impact on like who they are now and their their personality and why they do the things they do and so my boss was kind of like okay and he's like well dj just did broadcast you over the supper let's see if maybe that's something he'll be interested in because it'll keep him kind of rolling and it's not a year without him doing anything and so they we approached dj about it and dj was like okay like cool yeah i'm in so that's so that's pretty much how that started it's a lot of fun like it's really fun watching dj kind of do that because i sit back a lot and i kind of let him take the reins of the show of course because every guest we have is he picks out the guests that we have so he obviously has these relationships in which that i don't have um 
so yeah, it's just a lot of fun and it's definitely different from a game day aspect. But I'm still trying to get DJ because DJ, like I love him and he's doing so good and he's really trying to hone in on that role of being like a host and asking questions. But there's also the way he acts when the lights aren't on and when the camera isn't on. And I'm like, I just want people to see like this side of you because when you act this way, I can act this way and it'll be like a whole like thing. I don't know that the magic would approve of it because it's way more like loosey goosey. <laughs> it's how you are when you talk off camera, right? Like you kind of right, right. let words fly that you probably would never let fly on like a podcast and you do all this stuff, but it's way more relaxed. And I'm like, man, I wish there was a way. And I'm still trying to figure out because I'm trying to like, of course, he's still trying to figure out me. I'm still trying to figure out him in the sense of being co-host together. But I'm like, all right, like, that's my goal. I was like, I just want people to like really see like this side of you as opposed to you worrying about who we're interviewing because people are invested in you. That's why they're listening to this. So it's a, it's a great, it's a great experience. And I'm like really looking forward to getting back to that, especially and being able to do more. So in your role with the Magic, you develop a close relationship, you know, with the players and you kind of touched on that a little bit. Um, can you talk a little bit about the experience that was like flying to Paris um, to cover Evan for that episode of Inside the Magic? Yeah, it was awesome. So I actually hadn't met Evan yet prior to that. So when I like get the job with the Magic and they're like, all right, you're going to Summer League. So I went to Summer League, met some of the new guys like AG was there, JI. So I met those guys. And then they were like, all right, you're going to go to Evan. You're going to go to Paris for Evan. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. So I was, I was so, I was so hyped for it. So we like get off the plane, meet Evan. And it was really cool to see that side of him. And that was my introduction to him was him in his hometown. I met his childhood best friend. I met his family. I met his agent. Who's like one of his best friends. Like I got to know his wife a little bit more. So it, that I think was so important for the building blocks of a relationship because it was way more easy going. It wasn't in like the first time I interviewed him, I was like, all right, you had a really bad performance on this game. Like what went wrong? Like it was, right. it was very relaxed. And I th- that to me is so important to be able to talk about, go to those athletes. Like whenever I talk to them away, like outside of basketball, I all, or like anytime I never try to make it about like the game. Like, I'm always like, oh, how's your kid? Like, how's your wife? Like, oh, I saw you did this. How was that? Because it's, that's all, like, that's their job. And like, I love my job, but I don't always want to talk about my job. Like, I'm a person too. Like, I have things going on outside of all of this (laughs) bringing us together. So it was a really, it was a really cool experience. Like, I was definitely like giddy the whole entire time. I was like, oh my gosh. And that was your first time in, um, in France? It was my second time, but that was my first time in Paris. I mean, just just the environment by itself. Me and my wife, we went to Paris for the first time for our honeymoon, and it was an amazing experience just from the food alone and then obviously everything in the environment. Mm -hmm. So um, I would imagine also that meeting Evan for the first time in Paris, him being in his hometown, was easier for him to be more open for the simple fact that he that's where he's comfortable absolutely like i i think he was able and i think like anybody you let your guard down a little bit because what also we weren't in season which makes a huge difference like when you talk to these athletes before the season in season and then like a month or two after season you really see like the wave that they ride 
because at the beginning of the season, everyone's like, feel good. Like nothing's really happening yet in season. It's like, you're, man you're, try you're managing emotions like the best way you can. And then once the season's over, you decompress because you start thinking like, all right, what could have we done wrong? We didn't accomplish what we wanted to. And then once it hits like that June mark, they're like, all right, we're good. I'm back to myself. Like everything's good. So it's a real, it's a really interesting thing to watch when you're around them all the time because you feel it. You feel that energy of them being like, yeah, no. To, okay. <laughs> like, so it's, so yeah, I think meeting him in Paris and like meeting his family and everything like really helped. And of course him being one of the captains of the team, having that relationship. So him being like cool with me and other players seeing that once I first started, I think really helped. That is awesome. Mackenzie, so let's play a little game with you. We like to call it in the ozone with Mackenzie. So we've gotten to know you a little bit. Let's do a little more of that. Let's get to know you a little bit deeper here All now. Right. So let's start with an easy one. Soccer or basketball? Basketball. I love the stats. Love, I'm a stats gal. So like numbers to me, I live for like the numbers and soccer is like there are stats in soccer, but that's not what people base anything off of. Uh, during your time with the Magic so far, who's been your favorite player to interview? I always really enjoy. It really kind of just depends on like what it is I'm trying to accomplish. Like Nick, like Vooch is always really good because he's really dry. He has a really dry sense of humor, so it's really fun to just be able to be like really sarcastic with him and him kind of understand and like have that relationship. Um, it really just depends. Like J.I. is really cool. Just He's just so like thoughtful and like really can give like good answers. So it really just, it kind of just depends on what I like want out of the interview, I guess. Depending, because some players are like good at giving certain types of interviews over others. So it really just depends on like what the end game is, I think. Who do you, who do you feel out of all the players that you've interviewed was kind of tough to kind of build that relationship with to kind of open up with you more? Oh, I have to like really think about that. Who would have been? Because like it's hard. It's almost like hard to think because the first day I interviewed all of them, I interviewed them all on the same day. Right. So it was just like back to back to back. And it was on media day too. So like the back end, like when you're getting people who have already done the circuit, at the end of the day, they get to you and they're just like, I don't want to do this. Like I am so over this, which I understand, which can be a little bit like pulling teeth and I'm like, I'm going to try to make this as seamless as possible. Just like bear with me. But no, I don't think there's really been a player where I can think of off the top of my head where I'm like that, that was difficult. Cause I, I really do. Like I go up to them. I'm like, this is all I'm asking for. I just need you to like, give me this. I don't care what else you say. Like this is all I'm looking for. And so I always try to preface everything with them. That way it just like makes it easier. Cause that we don't have, they don't really have to like think about it too much. Now, I, I can imagine that, you know, transitioning from Orlando City to the Magic and the time that you spent with the team, there's been a lot of different experiences that you've had. What would you say is your, so far, your favorite Orlando Magic moment? Favorite Magic moment? I have two. The first two that come off the top of my head. The first one will be the first regular season game I did, which I talked about. So the Magic and the Heat, and I think that was because it was just for me, it was like a really big wow, I'm here, like I made it kind of moment. And then my second favorite moment was definitely being at the Staples Center this year, watching us beat the Lakers. Oh, that's and awesome. The and that we did. Like being there, because of course you're thinking like, oh my gosh, we have all these injuries and we're about to do a back-to-back -back with the Lakers 
and the Clippers. Like this West Coast road trip hasn't really started off like the way we wanted it to. Like who knows what's gonna happen? And we go in there and we just beat them. And I was like, oh my god, this is so exciting! Like it was just like the whole like vibe around like the team after that game, and also just to be in the Staples Center because that was my first time going. So to like see all the banners and the rafters and really like take that in, it was just a really cool experience. Oh, absolutely. And beating down the Lakers is always a good time. Oh, so I grew up really disliking the Lakers, like really, really disliking the Lakers. So for that, so like when that happened, because I even remember when we hosted them back in December, there was like we had there was like that small like there were like in the third quarter there was like that chance of us like getting back in the game and so you're like oh my gosh we might do it we might do it again like back to back years beating them at home and that didn't happen so then going into Staples Center with that loss and with everything else happening was just it was a good day it was a really good day definitely worth staying up till one a.m. for right <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah that's right because it would have been a later game for you guys back home. Mackenzie, that that wraps up in the ozone. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been absolutely amazing, and uh, we we definitely gonna look forward to once the season gets back up and running, seeing you back out there and doing your thing. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I had fun. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Be sure to visit our website, theozonepod.com. And remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.